For those who are uh, new to the vineyard, my name's Kirk, and uh, John's already welcomed you this morning, but we're really glad that you're here celebrating the reality of Jesus with us. Uh, We're a people who have and uh, continue to be uh, revolutionized by his love for our life and uh, and the things that he calls us to do as his people uh, in terms of seeing our our region transformed by his love. And so um, we just want to welcome you and we invite you to join us, join this fellowship of believers um, and uh, take the journey with us as we see the kingdom come. Uh, John's already mentioned it, but we do invite you just to come and um, meet with us at the uh, newcomers lunch on the 4th. If you're coming along to that, um, there's information there in your, in your notices. We would really love the chance to get to know you a bit more and and for you to get to know us a bit more as well. So um, we hope to see, see you there. Uh, this morning, um, I, uh, I just got to get this up here. Hopefully it'll work. Are we up there? All right. Hey, how, um, how wonderful is that cross look? Just wonderful. Um, Lainey uh, uh, spoke to me about 12, well, not quite 12 months ago, but said, you know, I think I'd just love to do something like that to the cross on Easter Sunday. And so there it is. It's just a wonderful, wonderful story of what God does with our life. Takes, takes us from dead and come alive. It's just, just a wonderful. So I invite you just to contemplate on the reality of God's good love for you as you spend time um, listening to his word this morning. Uh, this morning I want to uh, take a bit of time and talk a little bit about confession, kingdom confession, resurrection confession. Um, you know, I, I'm going to make an assumption that perhaps most of us in this room right now have at some point uh, said, okay, Jesus, I will follow you or I will... Uh, give myself to your, your leading, your lordship in my life. And so I'm going to make an assumption that for many of us uh, in this room, as a result of that, uh, we've, we've been through a process or an experience of what we might call baptism, uh, where we not just have this internal, yeah, all right, God, you're alive conversation, but that we then, um, in front of a bunch of people, uh, get into some water and come up out of the water as a declaration or a confession of your love for Christ and his lordship over your life. And um, for those of you who maybe haven't been baptised or, or would like to know some more about being baptised, we would lo- absolutely love to walk you through that journey. And, and, and some of you, even after as a result of listening to this this morning, may need to actually even consider renewing your baptismal vows. And so I want to talk to you about that at some point. Um, and, and our small group leaders would more than adequately help you in that journey uh, of, of talking that stuff through. But um, baptism, when we baptise people, the reason why I want to talk about a little bit about baptism up front is because um, in baptism, where we're by faith, 
we're connecting ourselves to what Jesus has done in his dying on the cross, his being buried into the earth, and then rising again over the power of death. That's what we're doing in baptism. We're saying, I am by faith grafting myself into that work that you've done, Jesus. And by doing that, the death that you died, Jesus, you died, I died. The burial that you were buried was my burial. And the resurrection is my resurrection as well. And so this morning, it's really important that as we celebrate the resurrection, we also remember the confessions that we made as we got into the waters of baptism. Now, when we baptize someone, we always ask them a question before we put them under the water. And I remember that my mates who baptized me, and they, they asked me a question before they grafted me into the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that what they asked me and what I ask anybody that we baptize is we ask them, do you believe that God loves you and that he loves you so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for your sin and for the sin of the world and rise again that you might inherit the kingdom of God or eternal life? And we ask that question. And the person who's about to be baptized, they usually say one very simple word. They say, yes. And then as that word comes out of their mouth, we, we, we make a declaration to them. And we say, well, on the basis of your confession, your confession, not me who's asking you the question, but on the basis of your saying yes to God in this moment, we graft you in, we baptize you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so a transaction takes place. But it's the confession, it's the yes that comes out of the mouth that is the overflow of the heart that says, this is my statement of confession. I believe. In Jesus. You know, I remember um, my baptism, it was just, uh, it, was a, it was in the middle of really cold weather, actually. It was crazy weather, and I found the f- most freezing swimming pool I could get into, and a couple of blokes said, yep, we'll, we'll help. <laughs> and so we had a few family and friends around, and, and away we went and into the water. And they asked me this question, and my response was, yes, I believe. Confession is important. And then they put me into the water and under the water. And they held me under the water. And I like to do that when I baptize people too. It's just hold them under just when they want to come up, just a little fraction longer, and then we bring them up so that they realize the value of breaking through the water and <gasps> taking that breath of life. We haven't lost any yet. It's all right. <laughs> we haven't lost any yet. We've done a couple of hundred over the years and no one's, everyone's come up out of the water. It's all right. <laughs> but there's this, there's this moment where in the rising, the heart begins to come alive. 
the, the reality of, of, of Jesus begins to really burst forth in our hearts and our life. And so this morning, as we consider the confession that we will make today, or I invite you to make today, as we make this confession, it will be an opportunity for your heart to come alive with the living God. It'll be a, a moment where your flesh, yeah, that's right, your flesh and all its addictions and all its habits and all its desires gets to get back under the water of baptism, get back in the grave and be transformed by the power of God's love and be renewed with not, not a hunger for its own desire anymore, but a hunger for the living God. And a hunger to see his kingdom come into you and your family and your friends and your workplace and your schools and our community and our country. It's an opportunity for our mind to begin to think differently and more powerfully according to who God says he is and not who we think he is. And that our ears would hear his voice. The resurrection of Jesus from death to life now releases a power of love into the earth. It's a heavenly power made for earth. And it sees people come out from under the reign of darkness and into the reign of Jesus as Lord. Now, I'm going to ask a few people to come and just, let's just read a chunk, a few chunks of Bible together, okay? Why don't you come up? David, come on up. If you've got your Bible, John chapter 20, verse 1. John chapter 20, verse 1. Uh, through to 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they put him. At this she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking it was the gardener, she said, Sir, 
If you've carried him away, tell me where you put him, and I'll get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord! And she told them that he had said these things to her. Thanks, mate. Why don't you come and read the scriptures for us? Thanks. I'm reading from Romans chapter 10, 1 to 15. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, that their seal is not based on knowledge. Since they did not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the combination of the law, so there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes this about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, who will I send to heaven? That is to bring Christ down. Or who will descend to the deep? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is, the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all, and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then? They call on the one they have not believed in. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Thanks. Two really awesome pieces of scripture for a day like today. Um, Paul makes this confession. Uh, he, he, he says to the Romans, and he's challenging the Romans, Paul writes there in Romans 10 verse 9, he, said, he makes this uh, little statement, he says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Now, when Paul's writing this, you've got to understand, he's, he's, he's writing to uh, early followers of Jesus. And he's writing with, uh, not just to uh, Gentile people or people who have not known God before Jesus, but he's also writing to people who did have relationship with God, the, the, the Israelites, through the law. And he's trying to help the Israelites realize that the, the season of the law is no longer the way that we need to get right with God. In other words, if you follow A, B, and C, and if you do that lawfully and correctly, you'll be in good standing with God. Um, 
God, um, God comes and, and says through Paul, uh, that season is now done. It's all completed. And now all we need do is make a confession of the heart, which is, which is a massive shift from having to do uh, the right thing as it was before Jesus. There's this verbal action. There's this speaking out of the mouth that, that a person's mouth should somehow be filled with an overflow of something that's taking place from the heart. So now good standing with God is, is not as a result of something that we do on our end. It's all done on his end and it impacts our heart to the point where we go, I believe this is true. I believe that you have done this. You have made, you are now Jesus in your death and resurrection. You've made me in right standing with God forever. And it's a confession. It's something that comes out of the mouth. It's, that's why when we say to someone, do you believe in Jesus before we baptize them? Or when they're coming to faith in that first encounter, it's important that we have them articulated out of their mouth. Because that word confess, I've got to try and say it here, homologeo, is that right? I'm, I'm close, all right, I'm just asking my Greek scholar here. Um, if that's the right way to pronounce it. That's the Australian version. Uh, anyway, homologeo, homologis, um, it, confession, it, it, with it, it comes this idea. It's a verb. It's, a, it's an active word. It's, it's not a, um, uh, just a purely internal activity. It's an external outworking of what's happening inside. It's a doing. It's a, and it literally means these things. It means to agree with. It means to concede, and it means to declare. So in the confessing what we're doing, there's an activity of, you know what, and, and it's not a confession of sin. It's not confessing sin. It's confessing an agreement that Jesus is Lord. Many people have been told, confess your sin. Well, actually, it's your sinfulness that's being confounded by the love of God that's brought you to this place under the goodness of his grace and his spirit that's bringing your heart alive that your mouth is now going, I believe, I agree, I confess Jesus. So there's a big shift away from our sinful activity and orientation towards who Jesus is. This is the liberating message of the gospel of the kingdom of God. It's Jesus. So you no longer need to, like, like Luther did before he became a Protestant and caused the Great Reformation, you no longer need to get on your knees and climb every step of St. Peter's Cathedral on your knees. Was it St. Peter's or St. Paul's? I can't remember, one of the two. But one of the things, and, and on, every, on every step, do the rosary and confess and confess and confess and then get to the top and realize, I need to start again. This was one of the moments that happened for Luther that no long, there was a shift that was away from, oh, I'm such a sinner, to Jesus is Lord. And that makes me... His servant, his friend, 
an ambassador of, a son of, a child of the living God. You're hearing the shift? I'm not in any way undervaluing the process and the experience of realising I'm a sinful. But to be honest, I don't need any help with that, do you? I, I don't. I really don't. I've known that for a long, long time before I met Jesus. I was a selfish upstart. I wanted it all to be about me, and I wanted everyone to serve my life agenda. I I, I didn't need anyone's help to tell me that I was a sinner. What I needed was someone's help to tell me that Jesus is Lord. In other words, that word Lord, it means uh, you can have a new master. When you're saying Jesus is Lord, there's this, all this Old Testament language here, and I'm really like, in, in two minutes, bringing it into a New Testament application. But that Greek word, kurios, is that how I say it? Pretty close, good. Kurios, when I say kurios, Lord, it's taking all of the imagery of the Old Testament, where God is God above all other gods, where he is king above all other kings, where he has absolute rule and dominion over everything in heaven and on earth. And so when I'm coming into this new place, I'm, just, I'm coming into this new confession that I no longer am master. I no longer am in charge. I'm not the king. I'm not the king. And you should be thanking God I'm not the king. Just like I'm thanking God you're not king. But Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. Now, over the next few minutes, I'm going to keep talking. But I want you to know, there's a microphone just here. And I'm just pointing it out because you can at any point, and I'll stop and I'll give way. And I invite you to come to this microphone. Have we got it turned on, Pat? Thanks. And I invite you at any point you need to, Come up to this microphone, tell us your full name. So, Kirk David Delaney. And I confess, Jesus is Lord. At any point you need to, that microphone's right there and I will give way. I will yield. Microphones open. David John Hocking, and I declare that Jesus of Nazareth is King of Lord of all the earth and of my life. Good night, John. I am Patricia Marie Brasley, and I declare that Jesus Christ is my King, my Lord, and my Saviour. <laughs> Hockey. 
tongue on yes. today when I ask her where is Jesus and she says in my heart. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm journeying to a female now. And I declare Jesus is Lord. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Jesus. He's above Thank you, Jesus. And one day every knee will bow and every knee will confess that he is God. Amen. Thanks, Junita. My name is Grace Joy Bell Hoven and Jesus is a Lord. Amen. Master of my life. Amen. And my name is Ali Hilda Hunila Brown. And I love Jesus and I love you. <laughs> yeah. I can't beat that, but that's my little sister. <laughs> my name is Anna Lisa Hanila. Get the Anna bit, deal with that later. But I love God. He has changed me. And I am in He saw me in my mother's womb and he's protected me for 65 years. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Anna. There's a step here. Come over the step. My name is William Frank Kahneman, and I confess that Jesus is Lord. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, mate. Hi, my name is Marcella Bronwyn Hogan, and God is... Amen. <laughs> my name is Bo Jackson Cordelius Gisthenis. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Jesus is the Lord of my life. Amen. Good on you, Bo. I'm in Craig Armstrong. I confess Jesus is Lord. Good confession. Feel free at any time, folks. There's no... If you just need to make that confession, just feel free to come on up. There's three things that take place in that confession. I remember the night that I first met Jesus and I, and I remember every occasion in my current day-to-day -day circumstances where the Lord says, would you do it my way? And in those moments, there's three things that take place. Firstly, I need to bring myself into agreement with God and realizing that he's actually good and that he actually is for me and loves me. And that he's actually really serious about the fame of his son Jesus in all of the world. And all of that has implication on my yes, Lord. And so when he asks me to follow him, he's asking me, would, would you like to walk in agreement with me in this, in this moment and circumstance? Just have a think about the moments and circumstances that you all have right now. The pressing ones. And in that confession, what, what, we're, what we're doing is not only are we saying, yes, I want to be in agreement with you, God, we're actually also conceding. We're actually also going, you know what? I'm going to yield. I'm not going to be the master. I'm going to let you be king. I'm conceding to God. How many times have we heard the voice of the, the goodness of God say, would you walk this way with me? 
I have a, a, a wonderful plan in this circumstance. And yet for our mistrust of our God, we've said no. And in the no, what we're saying is, I'm a better master than you and I'm not going to concede right now. Now that does not stop him loving us. I've seen some great car chases in movies. The Italian Job, you seen that one? That's a great one. I, w- I was going to, but we don't have time because there's a car chase scene that goes on for like, I don't know, half an hour or more. It's the longest car chase scene. It's, is it in the Blues Brothers? Yeah, Blues Brothers movie. I mean, that is a pursuit that seems like it's endless and these, the amount of resource that gets thrown at trying to get these guys, so is the love of God after you and me. Even though we don't concede at times, it's like, I'm not stopping the pursuit because he is loving, he is for us, he is not against us, he has a great plan to bring his kingdom into our life and to our world, into our families and to our friends. The car chase is on. But concede, when we concede, we yield, we let God have your way, O God. Your ways are better than mine. They confound me, actually, a lot of the time. They seriously confound me. And at the same time, there is a process there where we are invited with God to actually declare, where we're partnering with God, we're participating with him in the establishment of his kingdom into our life and the circumstance, where he invites us to make a declaration in our confession. My name is Ashley Stephen Brown and God is the Lord over my life and just what Kurt's been saying, I want to leave in full agreement of what God has for me and that Jesus Christ died in your life. Awesome. Nice work. <laughs> nice work, man. Concede. Declare. Be in agreement with. You know, the moment I gave my life to Jesus, I confessed with my mouth as an act of, this is the overflow of what's taking in me. I agree, God, that you are good. You are king. You are maker of heaven and earth. And I concede, I confess, I give way, I acknowledge your lordship, your complete dominion your complete authority, your right to be king. I give you, there's something very powerful in our confession. God's looking for confession from his creation. He's looking for a confession from his people, from anyone that would say, I give you lordship. You know, the early church was a confessional church. And I've and I I got to let you know that in the days to come, the, confess, the con- confession is going to become a very interesting dynamic in the believer's life, the follower of Jesus, particularly in our nation and in the West and, and, in, and in Eastern Europe. Because for many, many, many years, and it still goes on in third world nations and in Asian bloc nations, particularly where we've done a lot of work as a local church over the years, many people have been martyred and killed for their confession. 
and they get lined up in all sorts of terrible circumstances and get told, renounce your confession of Jesus as Lord. And they say, I'm not going to renounce that. Do you want me to bring this down? Or do you want to come up? You're right? Okay. No trouble. Just use the steps there. I'm Timothy Paul um, and I am thankful that Jesus is Lord of my life and my family. Yep. My, my job is my boss, and he's my master. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Good confession, man. Pull it down, that's it. My name is Sarah Ann Wiseman, and this is. Not sure yet. <laughs> but we declare that Jesus is Lord of our life and our delivery and our family. Amen. And his timing. Amen. Good job. Good confession. Hey, Jen. Step right up to it. My name is Jennifer Ann Bucken, and I am here to confess Jesus is Lord of my life. And he is my reason to live. Good on you, Jen. Good confession. There is power in your confession. There is power in your confession. Because you are declaring not only to your own self, but you are declaring to the audience at hand, both seen and unseen, that there is a greater power at work here in the earth right now. And it's one that comes from heaven. And it is the power of the name of our King, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> I make the point, and over the years to come, it's really going to be important. And many people, it's, it's already happening right now in our country, in the media. You're not allowed to make a confession of Jesus without being completely ridiculed and persecuted. You remember what happened to our good friend Matt when he stood up and asked the question at Q&A a couple of months ago? He got completely riddled and heckled, and jibed at, and all sorts of activity, because he just made a confession about wanting Jesus to be the Lord of marriages in our nation. There's a, there's a lot coming that we need to understand. The power of our confession for some in the days to come will be like life and air and breath, and they will receive it. But hear, word, hear Paul's words. But to some, we will smell like death. And they won't want anything to do with us. But that is, the confession is really important. Because as we read in, in, in Romans chapter 10 there, how will they know unless somebody goes? And how will they know unless someone preaches? That word preaching, it's not about standing on this sort of thing. That word preaching just literally means, and I've said it before a million times, it just means to prattle on at the mouth. It means just to go on at the mouth. Let the overflow of the heart of the reality of Jesus just come out of you in conversation, in context, wherever you do life. Jesus is Lord. You know what? Our marriage is falling apart. Jesus is Lord. Our kids are going off the rails. You know what? Jesus is Lord. Our confession, you know what? We do? I don't know if I'm going to have a job in two weeks' time. Hang in there because Jesus is Lord. 
Hang in there, people. Make that good confession. He will not shame you. He will not let you down. He will not leave you because the glory of his son is at stake in the earth. And the Father has already made that declaration once and for all time that the glory of the Son will be known forevermore. And everything now lives on the basis of that. Let me just... It's easy to talk the talk or make the confession. But what does a confession look like with legs on? What does it look like when it beats in the life of someone like you and me? We want to have a confessional lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of agreement. It's a lifestyle of, yes, God. It's a lifestyle of investing in that relationship with God as king. In every circumstance. It's, it's conceding to his lordship and it's declaring the power of his kingdom into a moment. Can I just share with you right now, I just want to share just a little circumstance that happened yesterday in my family's life, in my circumstance, where this, you know, cuts in from being just all talk and it needs to be walked. Now, my little girl, Sarah, I love her to pieces. She's an amazing piece of God's good creation. Anyway, she and her bro have had holidays together for a couple of weeks. And, and, and she and he, the relationship's pretty tense right now, okay? Sibling tension, you know? Well, anyway, um, you know, my son was, you know, getting in her space. And um, she just started to get, that's enough. I've had enough of you in my space. You know that feeling? Well, she had that feeling yesterday, and she let Luke know that. She let him know that, not, not in a way that I would say is loving and kind, but she let him know it. And she used all her best words <laughs> to express how she was deeply angered that he would not get out of her space. And it got to the point where, um, as she was going on, I just said, hey, Sarah, you need to stop this. You need to go into your room. You need to sit down and you need to talk to Jesus. And you need to ask him to help you. Well, that's like putting fuel on a fire. Ah, the rage that came out in this little kid. Ah, down the hallway. Because that's what confessing Jesus into a circumstance does. It calls to attention your flesh and your attitudes. And it stimulates the environment of the kingdom of the enemy that wants to... Don't go to Jesus. This is how it plays out. She's like, and I'm saying, by the way, as she's going down the way, don't slam the (laughs) door. I was a bit slow on that. So anyway, I let Sarah stay there for a little bit. And she was, I mean, you, you could hear it from one end of the house, you know, to the other. And it was a warm day, so we had the windows open. So I'm sure everyone five doors up and five doors down got it as well. 
Anyway, she was going on, just and she was yelling and screaming in anger. And then all of a sudden, this was going on for about five or ten minutes, and I was just really like, I'm sitting on the couch, I'm going, Father, please bring your kingdom into this. She's been baptized. She loves you, Jesus, at the core of who she is. Please let the power of your kingdom come and break through all of the lies and the vows and the work of the enemy right now that are going on in her little life. My desperation to see her rescued outweighed my disappointment in her behavior. That's the Father's heart. That's who our God is. His desire to see us rescued is greater than any sense of disappointment in the way we may or may not behave. He loves us. And I'm desperately praying on the couch, God, bring your kingdom. Enemy, shut up. Get off my girl. This was a moment of of kingdom collision in a 10-year-old's life. This is how it plays out. And then all of a sudden, after about a minute of my prayer life, crying out, I hear this scream come out of the bedroom. I can't do this! I need help! I got off the couch, and in I went, not chastising, but I held a hand, and I said, are you ready to talk to Jesus now? And she said, yes, I just need some help. And she's crying, and you can see the shame was coming over her. But she needed help. So I just held her hand, and I said, Sarah, I want you to pray with me, but I want you to repeat it after me. I want you to speak this out. And so we held hands, and we just went into a little time of conversation with God. And where she said, God, I don't want the lies anymore of where I've been trapped in this anger. I want you, Jesus. And I ask that you would give me your life. And so she, as she's doing this, the temperature in the room just calmed. The, the redness in her face and the tightness in her fists and her body where she was trapped by the power of anger that the enemy was locking her into, all of a sudden yielded and gave way. Because this little girl conceded and confessed and conceded, I, I, I need God, I need you, God, to get out of the space that I'm in. You ever felt like you're trapped in a space? Confess Jesus in that space. Declare him, concede to him. Let his kingdom come. Let his will be done for you in that moment. And so after a few minutes of prayer, we just she was completely liberated. And then I just had a look at me in the eyes and I just spoke over her the words of love. You are a wonderful creation. God loves you and I love you. There's no shame in this room right now. And everything that you've just been going on with, it's gone. Jesus has taken it all And now he gives you a new life. And she was so, you could see the weight come off her. There's power in this. The next time you get confronted with someone who's sick, what will you do? 
What will we do? We will lay our hands to them and we will confess, Jesus is Lord. We will concede, have your way here, O God. Let your kingdom come. We will declare to the body, be healed in the name of Jesus, who is Lord. Do you see how this plays out? The next time that you're... How on earth are we going to pay that bill? We've done the best that we can, Lord, but we find ourselves here. Jesus, you are Lord. Have your way here. I concede. I I give you lordship of this area of my life. Let your kingdom come here. Set us free from the, the constrictions and the binds of our best efforts. And let your glory be known in this moment. In our relationships, in our friendships, in our, the way that we serve the poor. Confess it with your mouth. Jesus is Lord. Don't, don't confess the other junk, the old junk, the old stuff. That's dead and buried. Now, Paul says very... I just want to quickly go here. He says, we didn't read this out, but in Romans 6.4, he says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism in order, into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. There is a new way to walk. And we just need to teach the new you, the resurrected you in Christ, you need to learn how to do that. You know how a child goes from like lying on its back to all of a sudden on its stomach and it starts to lift up on its haunches? Once it couldn't do that. But then not long after that, come on up, Susan. No, this is, this is a good confession. My name is Susan Thank you, Jesus. That's a good confession. My name is Karen Jane Jacobs, and I'm here to declare that Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you all on my side. My name is Nigel Scott Munro, and I'm here to declare that Jesus is Lord, and I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for God. Good confession, mate. Good confession. 
Hi, my name is Bernadette Mary Clocky, a good Catholic name. <laughs> and I believe in my heart and I confess with my lips that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Saviour. And I declare into the heavens that Jesus is Lord. Amen. 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 Thanks, Bernadette. My name is Theodore Dixon, and I declare that Thank you. Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. How do you know that I'm so lovely? <laughs> Hi, I'm Ola Lay, my life, Army Grace, Christ, Avis, Triadi. Woo! Yeah. And um, I declare Jesus is Lord because he helped, he's helped me through everything. He's been there always for me, and he helped me through my big journey. Bless you, Ula. Good confession. My name is Darren Brown Wright. I say that Jesus is Lord and I concede to his rule because his plans are better than mine. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> Good confession. Good confession. We've got to learn to walk the talk. You can't run before you can walk. You can't walk before you can crawl. It's okay to learn to walk the talk. You don't have to have it all together and all figured out. Jesus will lead you. He's a good master. He has poured his spirit out that you might walk it out with him. So this is what our confession is. It is, I know that God is good and he loves us and he's with you and me. And the next time you're with someone and you're listening to their story and, and you can hear the anxiety or you can hear the concern or the pain or the, just the, even the, just the demonic lies, your response to that as a bringer of the good news, as an ambassador of God, as a friend of Jesus, the resurrected King, you can say to them, this is what I know. I know God is good. I know he is in love with you and that he sent his son for you for this very moment in which you find yourself. That's your confession. And can I pray with you now for that situation? In other words, we're setting up an atmosphere of do we want to concede and give way and let God come and make something beautiful out of this? Can I pray with you now? That's what that looks like. And in the midst of that, as we're praying with the person, we as the ambassadors and the bringers of the kingdom of God, we speak into that person's heart, mind and circumstance and we say, let the kingdom come now. In the name of Jesus, I command, move aside and let the kingdom come. Be it sickness, be it demons, whatever, just move aside and let the reign of God come now. This is what it means to walk the talk for ourselves and for each other and for the lost and those that are sick and needy and those at work. You know what Paul says and what happened to my little girl yesterday? When she went through that process of confessing that Jesus is her Lord and she got set free by the power of a loving God 
from the constraints of her own flesh and anger and set free into the liberty of joy again. I mean, she walked out of that room. You should have seen her. Tears rolling down her face and she walked up to her brother and just completely hugged him and said, I'm so, so sorry. And he hugged her kind of awkwardly. As a 12, he would. He's like, okay, I love you too. (laughs) Transaction. She was liberated. She was set free. She was saved. She was saved. Now, Paul, if you want to get really detailed and have a look at that Romans 10 passage, that word, you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that you will be saved. For many times, that's been used as an evangelistic tool. And it's good to do that. And God honors that. And many people have been saved under that and through that. But in the Greek, that word is not soteria, which means end salvation. It's the word sozo, which means right now you're about to be rescued, delivered. Right now in here. And the peace and the rule and reign of God is about to come upon you. You will be saved. So as you're praying for the sick, confessing Jesus into the circumstance, asking his rule and reign to come, and declaring his reign to the things that are in resistance, they will be saved. They will know the reign of God. It brings a new light to that scripture, doesn't it? It brings new perspective. I'm not discounting it. It was including an end-time reality that you will be saved eternally. Yes, you will be. But the implication is bigger than that in isolation. Because God wants to do that now, just like he did in the resurrection of Jesus. He wants to do that now in your life and mine, in our workplace, in our friends, in our family. And you will be saved. Wow. You will be made well, you will be rescued, you will be delivered, you will be set free, both now, tomorrow, and forever. Such is the kingdom of God. Um, we're going to pray, and um, before we do that, <clears throat> um, there's some words of knowledge that the team that meets before, and there's like, you know, Anyone can come and join into this, but on a Sunday morning at 8.30, people gather in the prayer room and they ask God what's on his heart. What does he want to do to heal people or, or, or things like that? And they then write all this stuff down and we get a big list of it here and we read it out because we believe it's been inspired by God, led of his spirit. And then we also photocopy this list and we give it to the children's team and we say, make sure you check this list with all the kids too. Well, these are the things that God wants to do this morning. He wants to bring his kingdom to. Um, Someone who's got uh, pain on the inside of their right ankle. Someone who's experiencing loneliness. And the Holy Spirit truth is here to open you up to receiving love. Someone with a sore tongue on the side of the tongue. Someone who has pain in the left side of their chest area. Someone who has vision problems in the natural and 
in the spirit. They have a hard time seeing what's going on spiritually. Someone who has um, some pain or whatever's going on in their right, oh, it's a ringing, a ringing in their right, in their ear, in their right ear, ringing in their right ear. Someone who wants to fall pregnant but cannot. Someone who wants to reconnect. I think this is for all of us actually. That God is inviting us to reconnect with the core kingdom truths of his ways in everyday life for the rest of our life. These are the things that are on God's heart to do right now among us. Now before we do that, I just want to say um, very quickly, if you want, because we're going to like, we have to like kind of tail this off now, okay? But if you, if you want to make a confession and you've been sitting there and going, I want to bring a confession of my faith, I just want to articulate that. Now's the last time to do that, okay? So if you want to do that, just let's, let's do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Good confession. Coming up. My name is Mary Rose Lester, and I stand before you this day and I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and He's also King of Kings of my life. And times that He's rescued me, I couldn't write them down. There too many. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Father. Lord. And he did, he was there. He turned up and he gave me another chance. And he's and I just love the way he gives me chances all the time. He saved my soul, he saved my body. I'm here today that I can live this life and I'm forever grateful. Thank you, Lord. Come on. My name is David. Anthony Delaney, and I am saved by Jesus into a life that is absolutely crazy, but I love him, he is Lord, and definitely I agree with the statements earlier, his plans are way better than the ones that I made. <laughs> Come on up, Alistair. Step I'm, right up to it, mate. I'm Alistair Carl O'Kahane. Uh, I love the Lord confess that this morning before you people that he is Lord of my life and I hold the scripture as for me and my house we will serve the Lord yeah. good word, good confession thanks mate, John uh, my name is John Frederick Hockey and uh, I didn't come up because I don't want to turn this into a sermon but <laughs> I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God yeah, yeah Anyway, listen to what Terry said. And we don't know all there is about God. And if we did know all there is about God, it wouldn't be God. Things happen in life yep. that we don't understand. I am not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. I only know 
at his right hand stands one who is my Saviour. I take him at his word indeed. Christ died for sinners, this I plead, and in my heart I find the need of him to be my Saviour. As part of my life's journey, I want to see my children by Jesus. I want to see my grandchildren. Thank you, Lord. And know that it's got to be a confession of their own heart. It's no good just to be brought up yep. in a Christian home. You've got to take it to your own heart. Yep. I just love and bless her for seeing her up here this morning. That's great. It is, mate. Good on you, John. Thanks, mate. My name is Sean Smith, you're right, and uh, Jesus is Lord and Saviour of my life. Yeah. Good on you, mate. Good confession. My name is Samoa Knight, and I believe that Jesus is Lord of my life, and I submit to his rule in my family. Yeah. Good on you, Simone. I'm Bruce John Kirkwood, and Jesus is Lord of all the heavens and all the earth. Amen. Good on you, Bruce. I'm Elizabeth Aileen Bellini, and I believe in my heart and declare with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord and Saviour, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I also want to declare that as for me and my house, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you. Good on you, Elizabeth. <laughs> my name's Lorraine Fagieskin. And after yesterday, not wanting to ever talk to anyone ever again. Trouble stepping. Talk to you all now, and I say, King and Lord of my life. Thank you. Good on you, Lainey. My name is Caitlin Brooklyn, and I declare that Jesus is Lord of my life. Good confession. And I'm Caroline Delaney, and I'd just like to say, Jesus really is the Lord of my life. Scott, can you just help me? Scott's going to help you down. Scott's here. Alrighty. Uh, my name is Rachel Patricia Woodrow, and Jesus is Lord. Amen. Good confession. My name is Ashley Elizabeth Armstrong, and Jesus is Lord. Good confession. I'm going to confess again. I didn't do it right. Oh, no, you did. No. There's no wrong way. My name's Anna, and Jesus is the Lord of my life. Good on you, Anna. Good on you, Anna. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love it. Hey, there is no wrong way. Just, just you know, just in case anything's whispering to you, you have to do it the right way. It's just you being real with God, just saying, hey, I need you, Jesus. Isn't it wonderful, Isn't it wonderful what's going on in people's lives? It's just fantastic. Hey, listen, let's, let's invite the Holy Spirit to come. And, and as we do this, um, do you remember all those words or do I need to quickly run them through again? Let me, let me just quick. Inside right ankle, loneliness. The Holy Spirit wants to help you to receive the love of God. Sore tongue, the side of their tongue. Left side chest pain area. Vision problems in the natural and spirit. Right ear ringing. Someone wanting to fall pregnant but cannot. And wanting to reconnect with the core kingdom truths for your daily life. Let's, let's stand and pray. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that today we celebrate the risen 
living Jesus. And Heavenly Father, we just ask now that you just pour out your spirit generously upon every bit of flesh that's in this space and in the building next door with the kids as they've been meeting and ministering and having fun too. Holy Spirit, would you just come and bring the kingdom. Bring the kingdom. I just declare in the name of Jesus, the kingdom of God is at hand. There is healing for your body. There is peace for your mind. There's freedom from the nightmares. The kingdom of God is here. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Some of you folk, those words of knowledge that were there.